Hello, welcome to Right On Track, the podcast where we talk about all things Thomas the Tank Engine and many, many more. I am Tom Denham and I'm joined by... Tom Parry and... Connor Jonas. And today we are continuing on our big world adventure on no. the Scarlowy <laughs> Railway. <laughs> following the escapades and escapades of... Did you say escapades and escapades? Yes, I did, because I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> um, Keep going, I'm, vamp, vamp. <laughs> of Sir Hannah and Peter Sam, but they're not joined alone. They have the new friends of Rusty and Duncan, the rock and roll engine. Many interesting things are happening, but what are the episodes that we're covering today, Parry? Well, the episodes we are covering today, Denim, are called Trucks, Home at Last, and Rock and Roll. Or, for the American viewers... Uh, Trucks is also known as Rusty Helps Peter Sam. Which is helpful. Yes, it is. Connor helps American viewers with Rusty Helps Peter Sam. Tom Denham helps edit the podcast. (laughs) Which half the time he doesn't too. Well, actually, in fairness, in America, they don't actually call the troublesome trucks trucks. They They call them cars. cars. Freight cars. Mm. Freight wagons. Foolish freight cars. Yes. Uh, shall we get into it, or are we going to just listen to the music? I, I just wanted to listen to the theme, really. Yeah, it is nice. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, we made a change uh, from season three to season four with our theme because we sticked with uh, the Thomas We Love You anthem by Carson. Mm. And now, as we've moved into season four, we've gotten uh, we, we've decided to change it up a bit with Thomas's anthem again, instrumental, yes. uh, but this time by Tugster Intensifies. Yes. Good so, work, Isaiah. Yeah, so, so we're giving, you know, we're, we're varying it up a little bit. Still the same theme, just a little bit different. Yeah, we didn't want to become a cliche, so yeah, we thought it's best if we change composers. It already became a cliche, though. Let's we, keep it fresh, though. Like, 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 we went onto one of the sites where we are, uh, like, we're playing our theme, mm. and then we saw in the first three seconds a little comment that says, Greetings and salutations, this is the Right on Track podcast. So clearly people listen to us and use that particular music streaming service. Yeah, which is true. Hmm. Who thought you could do two at once? It's just amazing. You never know. All right. The world's moving. Let's get into the nitty gritty of it all and go into our first story of the day, which is trucks. Rusty helps Peter Sam. And all that. Every day where the little engines work, the crisper is suddenly filled with a familiar noise. The lakes and mountains have many visitors. And Harold the helicopter flies the sky, making sure that no one is in trouble. All present and correct. Time to return to base. Then Harold noticed something. A sturdy diesel was coming round the mountainside. Harold flew lower for a closer inspection. I'm Harold. Who are you? I'm Rusty, replied the diesel. Don't recall seeing you before. What brings you this way? The fat controller sent me to help the other engines, huffed Rusty. This was no time for a chat with a helicopter. Well done. Cheers and keep up the good work. Chicky chopper, muttered Rusty. Not long now, encouraged the driver. We'll soon be at the top station. Rusty, 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 Rusty. You're very excited about this, aren't you, Connor? I love Rusty. Hmm. He's a great character. Yes, so... Or or is it a he, though? 
Yes, and that is where we start. Mm. Because it's never actually um, uh, revealed what Rusty is male or female. Whenever Rusty is referred to, it's always gender neutral. Yes, uh, 1995 article, I believe with the New York Times Mm -hmm. it was, uh, with Britt Allcroft uh, sort of went along this uh, uh, interview uh, thought. Mm. Now, every time Rusty has been mentioned, whilst in the books it is... He said, mm. um, it is said the little diesel, said the diesel. Mm. They never explicitly mention Rusty by gender. Do you reckon that was purposeful? It was purposeful because at the time there was this thought that there were not enough female characters in Thomas and Friends. So by making Rusty gender neutral, they thought that might address the balance somewhat. By literally having a balance in both with yes. one character. Yes. Yes. Which is... Pretty revolutionary for the time. I and mean, you think of today when everybody's, you know, either really in favour of or rallying against like gender neutrality. For a TV show, a children's TV show. In 1995. That's pretty, like, full on. That's incredible could've, to could've think of. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, it's subtle. Like, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe did I. And and it's just a said the little diesel, and mm. you're automatically going, oh yes, it's Rusty, which means that you could apply whatever gender you wanted to Rusty. Yes, of course, the show in later seasons has gone Rusty's a he, <laughs> and no, in nice CGI, work, guys. He's got a male voice, but yes. For now, if you ignore the future, mm. it's very nice here. I yes. know, and like Rusty's one of my favorite characters. One of the first episodes I ever saw was Rusty in the Boulder. And Rusty has just got such his pure heart, and I love Rusty with all my heart. Yes, I mean, Rusty is the most wholesome character on the Scarlet Railway. Ooh, yeah. Rusty or Peter Sam? Or, or Peter Sam. Mm-hmm. We're not introduced to them yet. We okay. don't have to We're worry not about bringing them. that up. But <clears throat> we'll start with this episode on how Harold is being introduced here at the start of this episode. This mm-hmm. is a TV series only adaptation. Yes, and. Uh, this is Harold's only appearance in the fourth series. Do you feel like they kind of needed to chew him in, in there somehow? I think they needed to do that, one, to sort of increase the length of the episode, and two, because, yeah, he is considered essentially a tentpole character. Yeah. And people, yep. when they associate uh, Thomas the Tank Engine with certain characters, and they think of the likes of Bertie and Percy and James and Harold. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. He, he He is a part of sort of the classic crew, I mm. suppose is a good way to do it. And then he is flying around the mountains and it is beautiful. And he's breaking a lot of laws as he does so because if you got that close to a train or flew in between the buildings <laughs> yeah. of a station like he does there, this yeah. This is the island of Sodor. True. Yeah, they're a bit lax with their laws over there. <laughs> if, you, if you watch Steam Team to the rescue, he's flying all over the place at the Britain docks. Don't know. That was a good special. Yeah. So we are It was intru- better than Digs and Discoveries. <laughs> we are introduced to Rusty, mm-hmm. who's the orange little friendly diesel, and I love him with all my heart. Yes. Um... He has got a wonderful little ditty, Rusty. Yeah, I can play that on piano. Can you now? One of the first things I ever learned. You can play a lot of things on piano, Connor. I've heard you play Never Tear Us Apart on piano. That was pretty impressive. Yes, but the thing is, is I can't read sheet music. Everything I learn on piano, I need to like listen to it for hours on end. That's actually a skill within itself. Yeah. We're not talking about pianos. We are talking like... 
until we get to an episode that's got pianos, we are not talking about it. There okay. is one. What one? Oh, there's actually one. Oh, very yes. soon, actually. Yes. With an organ. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that when we get eventually, to that. Eventually. Let's yeah. get back to trucks. So we've been introduced to none other than Rusty. Who is helping out uh, due to the fat controller requesting him. Yes. Uh, because uh, Handel's been in the shed. Scarlo is at the works. Reneus is at the works. And Peter Sam's sort of doing the work. Yeah, basically. So it's really only Sir Handel, Peter Sam and Rusty at this rate, yep. yeah. working on the line. And then we get another Gordon and Sir Handel interaction. Mm. I love this job when Gordon pulls up and Sir Handel's just grumbling there. It yeah. really shows the size. The scale. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You got the word from last episode. Hooray! We're so proud of you. Well Thank done. you. You get this badge of honour that says, I achieved today. <laughs> yeah. There you are. But uh, what's interesting is he, you know, says line, if you were ill, which is actually uh, was used previously in the series three, three episodes. It, it's a callback Trust to Trust Thomas. Thomas. Yes. Not actually a callback to Trust Thomas mm. because Trust Thomas got that narration from the storybook That's adaptation. That's true, of this. actually, because Bad Trust Thomas is an ad- it's an Andrew Brenner adaptation from a magazine story. And yes, this is actually based the original narration on a Reverend Wilbert Audrey story. Now, let me just bring up my notes here. It's from the book Little Old Engine, which is number 14 in the Railway series, published 1959, illustrated by John T. Kenny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've just found something new. If you look at this shot of Gordon and Sir Handel together, you can see the boiler sludge filled tenders in the background. You can in the background. You've at got the a works. magnificent eye there, Denham. Well done. Oh, thank you. But <clears throat> vibes all around. Um, if you were ill, uh, you wouldn't need to do the work, would you? So pretend yeah. you're ill. Uh, you barely edit the episodes, anyways. You don't need to pretend you're ill to get out of it, Denim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Much love. Um, but Thanks, boys, that's okay. Uh, now, uh, so because Sir Handel's ill, Peter Sam does his work for him, and Rusty just follows behind, helping out. And they go to the Incline Slate Quarry. Yep. Which is a brewing place, and they have a bit of an explanation on the incline. Yes, they do. Now, this is the first time we've seen it in operation. In operation, we sort of saw it in uh, Grand Park. Yes, yeah, so a we did. Gl- we did glimpse it in the very early episodes of season four, but this is the first time that we're properly introduced to it. Now, so how it works is there's a pulley up the top of a hill, underneath a stone shed. Yes, and a gantry. Would you want to say? I, I don't know. A, yeah. a housing. We don't know technical it's terms. It's a winch. Yes. A winch. And how it works is that there's these really uh, heavy trucks up the top filled yeah, with trucks slate. Trucks that have just been loaded with slate yep. up the top of the hill. And then what they do is they release the brake, essentially, on mm-hmm. this pulley slash winch, and the... Trucks full of slate, they roll carefully down the hill and they're able to pull the other trucks back up. Yes, and it's because of the slight difference in weights uh, of the trucks where the trucks going up, there's about five of them, while the trucks going down, there's about three. Yes. And they've, they're carried with slate. There's just a slight imbalance there, which means that the heavy trucks have just been loaded, roll down nice mm. and easily, except in this scenario. Yes, because this particular scenario, what's happened has is, rather, that the trucks have been mistreated by Sir Handel 
for the longest period of time. Oh, yeah, they don't like Sir Handel. No, and they no, go, no, Lance, no. you're bashing and, here. And now P- Peter Sam is having to do Sir Handel's work because he's ill, in inverted commas, and the trucks want to pay Sir Handel out, but the other trucks are like, no, no, no it's, it's Peter, Peter Sam. Which is no. interesting because we've heard in the past troubles and trucks say one engine is as good as another. You know, it doesn't matter but who we damage. But these narrow ones actually are like, hang on, we like this guy, yeah. don't hurt. And then occurs what happens to be probably one of the most interesting and damaging we see an engine suffer. Yes, it's one of the greatest accidents. It has a long-lasting effect on Peter Sam as well. It does, because we see in the shots of the show, his funnel becomes dislodged. Yes. And um, it stays that way for quite some time, not just... uh, Well, in the Railway series, actually. Mm. You know, it's a fair few books down the line before that issue gets resolved. But, of course, in season four, it happens in the space of a couple of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But for the actual accident that occurs, those heavy slate trucks first bash into the front of Peter Sam, sort of, you know, just squashing him, throwing slate everywhere, bending his buffers, covering him in slate. Those trucks are all beyond repair because they're made out of wood. They're dead. I hope everyone knows that. Yes. Then what happens is those empty trucks that were previously being pulled up are now rolling back down the hill very quickly. Yes. And then you get one flying truck (laughs) fly through the air and break the sort of aqueduct mm, um, yeah. that was actually quite common at quarries, especially incline quarries, little aqueduct systems, mm. where they would tap into a nearby natural creek and uh, run the water into a uh, water tower for the engines to use. Really easily done, except this time the truck breaks it and then the water goes all over Peter Sam and then Rusty turns up and it's a horrible mess mm. and beautiful at the same time. Yes, well Peter done. Peter Sam looks so depressed. <laughs> yes. yes. So um, there's Peter Sam's bumped, bashed, attacked by a flying truck. There's water everywhere and, you know, Rusty sort of goes and helps clean up the mess and goes, it's okay, you know, just... And Sir Handel apologises too. And, and and then the fat controller goes, what on earth? May Godred have mercy on your tender and your coal. Bunker. Bunker. Remember their tank engines. Well, yeah, that's why I said coal, because it rhymes with soul. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I was just all making up on the spot. Well, sorry, Clever. well, that just went well above my head. Uh, it's all good. Well, well done. done. I saw it. Yeah, mm. see, thank you, Denim. I'm glad you appreciate the finer things in my humour. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> that awkward <laughs> silence. So Rusty helps Peter Sam out, um, and then Rusty heads back home, meets um, Harold again, and it goes before, whilst he may have been a little bit annoyed at Harold, this time there's a bit of a, you know, good job. Even though they haven't had any other interaction, it's been the experience of helping another engine out... Um, that has sort of brought him to more so appreciate how Harold is keeping an eye on everyone and helping them out. So that's what's going on. That's what I feel is happening. I I thought it was just that Rusty was in a good mood now, (laughs) and now he can tolerate helicopters. They take a lot to tolerate. Yeah, (laughs) they do. But I feel that is like a better explanation of it. Yeah, true. Uh, um, But Rusty... uh, basis-wise, is based on the Talon Railway's Midlander and is not actually named due to his orange colour. Because uh, in the original books, he wasn't actually orange, was he? No, he was actually just a 
standard black, basically. Mm. Um, but he was put in this more colourful colour for the TV series. And he's called Rusty uh, because of his builders, which were Rust, Un, and Horns, B. Um, where's the Rust huh. and there's the E, the mm. Y at the end. I love the old Rust and Diesels. I know. They're beautiful. And they're very common as well. Yeah. Yes. I've got a little uh, standard gauge Rustin on my layout at home. Nice. He's a cute little fella. Is it true that they're powered by V8s? Uh, some of them are. Okay. Some. Because I know that Rusty's model in the TV show, he does have four exhaust ports on both sides of them, and that would suggest that he does have a V8 engine inside True, him. true. Look out, Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much the episode. Okay. I... Yeah, like, like it, it, it's weird because its entire story is, here's Rusty, here's an accident, here's Rusty. The yeah. end. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's a very sort of short episode, I feel. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of padding, definitely, with the Gordon Sir handle there. Definitely. But... Like this episode I had on a party time VHS, the same one that had Percy James and the Fruitful Dale on it. Mm, that's a great episode, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I like better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, you know, I I this was the last episode on it. I'd always look forward to it because of that crash. Yeah. Because there's so much movement in it. On Not only do the trucks hit cut to black, suddenly we see it. We see the trucks hit each other. You see everything fly. You see the next truck hit. Everything flies. Next truck, everything flies. Uh, next truck, it comes in, flies. Like, that's sort of what happens there. Mm. It's amazing. And, like, that's definitely the best part about this episode. And I would say also the shot of Rusty with Harold. Because uh, that little curved mountain uh, path, I'll say... Mm. Uh, is very well known in the series, except this time when we see it, we see it in an evening light with a very orange-looking diesel, mm. uh, especially when he's running light engine at the end of the episode. I, I feel it's a very nice shot. Well, in fact, all the again uh, season yes. four, all the scenery is brilliant, especially so those opening shots with Harold going through the mountain scenery there. We oh, yeah, and breaking all the laws. And, and we've got the yeah. beautiful paintings in the background. Yes, by yeah. uh, Rob Gulgulius. Yes. Yep. yes, yes, indeed. Brilliant, man. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's... The, this entire thing is brought together. Um, and, you know, Harold there, which is actually really interesting because uh, Harold, he's really in scale with the engines here. Mm. However, when they moved to the larger model of narrow-gauge engines, they still only had one model of Harold. So when he appeared with the narrow-gauge engines in later series, he would appear smaller. Because ah. they used the same model for the standard-gauge and narrow-gauge. That they did. Mm. Um, which is annoying, because why upscale it if you're not going to upscale another? You can't have both. Just make up your mind. <laughs> But it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. Mm-hmm. However, it is very short, mm-hmm. and I want to see more of sort of the Sir Handel and Peter Sam. Mm. I want to see more, actually, of the Rusty and Peter Sam thing. Because mm. we mentioned how Rusty is, like, very innocent and pure. Yeah. And so is Peter Sam. But, like, it was interesting, because on, uh, 
on Twitter a while ago, there was talks about the best narrow gauge engine. Half the people were going Peter Sam, half the people were going Rusty, a few were going Duncan and the rest and whatever. But the thing is, is that I feel really Rusty and Peter Sam, instead of like being brothers, they're just like good best friends. It's like, hey, you've had an accident, I'll help you out. This is bothering you, I'll mm. help you out. They have this mutual friendship. Mm. Yeah, they're an good chums. Yeah, an alliance. So this episode, it's short, but I love that crash. Eight. Okay, I am heading towards Denim for his score. <laughs> I am heading towards a... Connor for my score. <laughs> a seven. Okay. Okay, Um, I am heading towards 6.5, I reckon. Because I really like the scenery, but Ooh. as you mentioned, Connor, there is quite a lot of padding. Yes, yep. yes. Yeah. And I don't think we really established Rusty's character well enough with no, this we, story. We don't. You more so just get sort of an idea because he helps someone out mm. and afterwards him being like the rescue and maintenance diesel sort yeah. of carries on. Mm. Uh, this is all the first time of it, really. But it's really the start of his character and because of that we don't have any character arc yet or anything... So, yeah. It's one of the first, I guess, more protagonist diesels that we've seen. Yes, yes. We've seen Boko, uh, except this little orange diesel is now also friendly. It's funny because all the previous diesels met a steam engine or another character on bad terms when they started. True. Rusty's the only one who has a positive entrance. Well, it's positive in terms of him and uh, Peter Sam, Mm. but also you've got to remember that Sir Handel is the one that causes accidents. So on that hand, you know, you've got a bad start to their relationship. But, But one thing we can say is that we're not actually seeing the introduction of Rusty here meeting another character. True. They, they just seem to know him. However, it's in the next episode, Home at Last, where Scarlowy gets to meet Rusty, uh, and then Rusty takes him back home to Croven's Gate. Yes, and let's go right to that story now. This is Home at Last, and a clip from it. Peter Sam was feeling depressed. He was still getting over his accident, but he wanted to start work again. The fat controller wouldn't let him. Another day's rest will do you good, he said. Besides, I've got a surprise for you. For me, sir? How nice, sir. What is it, sir? Wait and see. The surprise was Scar Lowy. Oh, said Peter Sam, I'm glad you've come home. They lit Scar Lowy's fire and he sizzled happily. I feel all excited, he said, just like a young engine. Now, tell me all the news. I see you've met Rusty, said Peter Sam. Yes, I like that diesel. So do I, replied Peter Sam. It's a pity Duncan doesn't. Who is Duncan? He came as a spare engine after my accident, replied Peter Sam. Is he useful? He keeps busy and I'm sure he means well, but he's bouncy and rude. He sings and sways and swills around. His driver calls it rock and roll. I understand, said Scarlowy gravely. I understand. That's mm. all you need to know. Now, mm. that's actually really interesting, that line, mm. because in the original book, 
uh, what Peter Sam says is he'll pull anything, and I'm sure he means well, but he's bouncy and rude. He used to work in a factory, and his language is often strong. Oh. And then Scarlo goes, I understand. Mm. However, um, that isn't brought up here. Well, you but, can't bring it up here. It's a children's well, TV true, show. True, true, true. But it also sort of ties in the way that it's said, especially with Scarlowy said bravely, to Scarlowy's uh, introduction to the Scarlowy Railway uh, in the Railway series, where he didn't used to have trailing wheels and he mm. used to bounce about a lot. He and... was called a bucking bronco, wasn't he? Exactly. Was. Um, so I feel that's almost a hidden gem there. Yeah. Like, I may be looking no, for an explanation. No, I, I like it. But I feel like it was almost like they understood what they were doing when they said that. I feel mm. like, maybe. I don't know. But this episode, Scarlowy has returned home from the works. Yes. Now, ju- just to give you a quick sort of recap, Reneas was at the works. Um... No, there was Scarlowy and Reneas, and then uh, Sir Handel and Peter Sam came, and then Sir, then Reneas went to the works, then Scarlowy went to the works, then Rusty came to help because Scarlowy was at the works, and then Peter Sam was damaged, and Duncan came to replace Peter Sam. <laughs> which means that now Rusty is dealing with Sir Handel and Duncan. Yes. The fat control is having a hard time. Honestly. Yeah. He like over what I can only assume is a period of like six months or something. Mm. He has gotten four new engines yes. for one railway mm. when they only were expecting two, mm. which is twice the amount that he expected. And they're all still there. Yes, they are all still there. Now, Duncan, we're introduced to him, and yeah, he's he's good. He's interesting. Like, or is he bad? Well, he. Does, I say he's ugly. He does work and he does have a cheery side, but uh, clearly he doesn't have the best temper. He has a habit of speaking bluntly. He calls himself a plain-speaking engine. And, yes, before he's difficult to work with, to say the least. Connor was bouncing up and down before about mm. his excitement for Rusty. I am very quietly and inwardly bouncing up and down for Duncan. Uh, I love Duncan. He's one of the most iconic characters in this series. Um, he has some of the best accidents in future episodes. He's got the Scottish accent as well. He got does. that going for him. It's actually interesting about the Scottish accent because... Um, of course, the other Scottish characters in this show are Donald and Douglas. Donald and Douglas, yes. And uh, Duncan's basis on the Talon Railway is called Douglas. Ah. True. He's also the first properly antagonistic steam engine. True. Yes, you could you could say that. Uh, he means well, but he's just a jerk. Yeah, mm-hmm. his temperament definitely gets in the way of doing things. Like, for example, in... This particular story, he has been rock and rolling too much on the railway and he finds himself lodged in the wall of a tunnel. Yes. <laughs> um, or, as he calls it, a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole. Mm. That's it. And it's up to Scarlowy to send the workman to the tunnel to fix it and to push him back yeah, out again. Yeah, he takes him back home and then the fat controller approaches Duncan and says, you've been misbehaving. I will cut you to pieces. Yeah, that, that's what he threatens to do. Yeah, yes. well, he says, I'll find ways to um, 
cut you down to size. So your need ca- I say more? <laughs> no, no, your career is on the line. Da 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 da. But what I particularly love about this little monologue as well from the Fat Controller is that um, part where he goes, Tuttles are not dance floors and you are not a pop star. Which is brilliant. It's brilliant. I yes. love it when he's looking up at his tall funnel and goes, if it happens again. Yes. And Duncan goes, uh-oh. <laughs> like, like, I mean, in human terms, mm. that is saying, I will, like, cut off your ears. Yes. Reservoir dog style. It's like... It's almost like Snatch when he goes, I'll feed you to the pigs. Yes. It's really, like, harsh if you look at it like that. Um, it's it's based on the Talon Railways, Douglas, who used to be so tall that he would actually scrape on the roofs of the tunnel. Hence the inspiration for this story. Yeah, where he crashed... Ba- well, he didn't really crash through a tunnel. The tunnel's a hole. You really can't crash through a hole, but he... He'd you could try if you wanted to. He, you'd be trying for a while. But he sort of, like, hit the top of the tunnel and brought it, like, forward with him and brought down the keystones, and then he was supporting the tunnels. Just awkward. Mm. And it's a short story. It's quite a short story. Yeah, again, there's a lot of padding. We've got uh, Rusty bringing Scarlowe home, Scarlowe talking to Peter Sam, and then we've got, of course, the bit at the end with Duncan uh, getting a stern telling off from the Fat Controller. And the entire reason why is because we've in- been introduced to another character. Yes, true. If, if we weren't introduced to another character, we wouldn't need all this explanation. That we would. But then mm. we wouldn't get Duncan. Mm. This is true. Mm. Have we got any more that we can discuss about this episode? Like, I mean, he, he, he likes rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know whether he likes the rock and roll music or he's just bouncy. Well, uh, it's said in the narration that his driver calls him rock and roll because he rocks and rolls so much. Now, according to uh, my research, Little Old Engine, as we mentioned, it was published in 1959. This story is based on a story from that book. But the events of that particular book take place in 1958. So this is just rock and roll's formulative years. Mm. This is just as it was becoming this huge phenomenon. Yes, and we're of course talking about the actual music rock and roll, not yeah. the, the story of yes. rock and roll. I like to think that Duncan's a bit of a rock and roll fan. Like an Elvis fan, maybe? Yeah, a bit of Elvis. He'll get into Beatles eventually. No, I'm thinking he's more like a Seekers kind of guy. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 I, I'd say eventually he'd move into like the Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Queen. <laughs> Queen eventually. Yeah. And uh, eventually he'll find his way to Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I don't mean the Seekers. I mean, um, who did Long Tall Woman in a Black Dress? That was... I need to research hold this. On, let, let me Google. Okay. Meanwhile, as they're researching, you're listening to the Smiths. Hold on. The Hollies. That's who it is. That's the who ho- I'm thinking oh, there of. There we go. I was yeah. going to improvise a fantastic bit there, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Next okay. time. We can move on. Yeah. But, yeah, it is a really short episode. Like, again, same length. But the story, because we've got the new character... It still feels like a lot happens. Like It does. Mm. Scarlow is repaired. He meets Scarlow is returns. Nice little details, such mm. as um, you have the ladder that's been discarded to the side after they've sort of fixed the tunnel. Mm. And then you even have what I'm assuming is like a spool of wire or rope mm. that's massive. I don't know... Why you would need a spool of wire rope that big. To so hold up really big planks of wood. Yeah. Um, then you still have the detail of Peter Sam's broken funnel. He's been mm-hmm. clean now, but you've got the detail there. Yep. Uh, you've got the wonderful running water over the bridge. So there are lots of nice little details there. 
Mm. Um, but they're really not sort of dragged out. And once again, the fat controller is needing to meet a narrow gauge engine who's been misbehaving at the same shed at the same spot. Yes. Like, like I'm pretty sure it's like if you go to that spot, you've been in trouble. It's guys. like it's like the naughty step. It's from the, the naughty corner. It's the naughty <laughs> corner for the narrow gauge engines, and. I'm fairly sure this was filmed at the same time as Bad Day for Sahandal because the car's in the same spot, along with Scar Lowy and the uh, brake van. That would make sense, actually, because they would have had the set on that day and they would have just filmed all the scenes for that particular uh, Exactly, and, and because lighting. it's a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. Very Same light as well. Yeah. They've got the sunset. It's the same light. You've got characters in the same spot in the background. It's just the same thing, just with a different engine. Okay. Have we covered everything? Yes. Can we move on the scores? Yes. Um, it's the ninth episode. It was released 26th of October, 1955. Really? Not 55, 95. Yes, 95. If you want me to keep coming up with no, random no, facts. No, 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 no. I just, I just want to Duncan's give Duncan's out... yellow. Yes, I know that. <laughs> Okay, let's give out the scores. Um, I'm going to a six. I don't think it's as exciting or as engaging as it could be. I think there's a bit too much padding, so there's my score, six. Duncan's number six. Ah! Uh, it was subliminal. Six. Mm. Nah. Yeah, it's good. We got some padding, which is nice. A little but, bit of exposition. Yeah, like, the issue is, is that... With all these episodes, because of how they're released back-to-back, like, literally, they were released a day after another. Uh, Home at Last was released 26th of October, and meanwhile, uh, Trucks was released 25th of October, and Rock and Roll, which we'll cover next, is the 27th of October. And because they're all released the day after another, you really start to notice these similarities between them. You notice the nice little details of continuity... Mm. But then you also notice the reusing of the storyline and then you start to slowly get sick of it almost. True. Because we have been introduced basically to four new characters so far because we've had, you know, Rusty, we've had Peter, Sam, Sir Handel, we've had basically actually technically five if we include Scarlowy. We Mm. haven't really met Reneas. We've each of them have had their own introductory episodes, and we've never been able to get in depth with them much yet. Mm. So, because of that, it's been really difficult to sort of enjoy them at times. I feel yes, I do agree. I also agree. So, what's your score? Six. Okay, so it's unanimous. It's a Percy. Yeah, or a Duncan. A Percy or a Duncan, which would fit because we're talking about Duncan, but. Whilst it's a six, you know, it it, it may not be a, the greatest thing. There is one thing that we can guarantee is great. Mm. And what is that, Denim? It's great to be an engine. You're going to listen to Headmaster Hastings' latest cover. It's great to be an engine. This is the Right on Track podcast. Oh, yes, it's great to be an engine and go steaming along. And travel through the countryside 
We're always brave when there's hills to climb. No mountain is too high. Oh yes, it's great to be an engine as you're steaming along. Puff, puff, puffing along. Always things for us to do. Just think how wonderful it would be to live on the magical island of Solo, helping Thomas the Tank Engine and his friends. All day long it would be like a dream come true, if only I could be an engine too. Oh yes, it's great to be an engine and go steaming along. Headmaster Hastings there with his rendition of It's Great to Be an Engine, which... Also known as Iktba. Yes, at the time of recording, um, that's only been uploaded in the past couple of hours. So, yeah. Mm, well done, Mr. Hastings. We're very proud of your work. Now, yes. Before we get it's into our final story of this podcast episode, I wanted to talk briefly about my season four DVD, which I did mention in our last episode of Right on Track. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about how both Denim and I, we used to go through the DVDs and select episodes individually in the order that we saw fit. Yes. And I have to do that with this particular copy because in the episode listing, it goes trucks rock and roll home at last and it should be going trucks home at last rock and roll you see what we what? have to deal with yes so yeah have a look for yourself connor yeah so I, i'm going to look it's really confusing because ABC, on the dvd if you're listening yeah th- th- this is the 2006 abc thomas and friends classic adventures uh series 4 mm. dvd in the Little curry case with the handle. Yes. I was talking to people the other day um, in a group chat, and they were going, you, like, carry your DVDs in a handle? <laughs> yes. Like, Do you have a problem with that? It's easier to carry. <laughs> it is. It's better than getting your sweaty fingers all over, you know, like the front the, cover the and all that. It, yeah. I'm yes. considering collecting the, um, oh, what do you call them, the um, UK versions of the DVD releases on seasons. Mm, yeah. That may be good. But yes, that's very weird. It's very weird indeed. And it was 
particularly annoying when you're watching it because, first of all, you're, you've got this conflict with Rusty and Duncan and Scar Lowy, and then you go into an episode and where Scar Lowy comes back to the railway. And goes, having, who's Duncan? Who's Duncan? Rusty's yeah. nice, isn't he? Yeah, oh, but Duncan doesn't like him. It's, it's just absolutely <sighs> ridiculous. So, yes, these problems with where the episodes belong in like, the season, it's yeah. not just a problem if you're watching the show as it is, it's also a problem if you've got the DVDs too. Honestly, Series 4, it's got wonderful episodes, but post-production has made it a mess. It mm. has made it a mess. Yes, it has. Now, with that out of the way, we're going to get on to our final story of this episode, which is Rock and Roll, so named after Duncan's nickname. Yeah, and sort of his behaviour. Hmm. James was already there, waiting for him. You're late, he snapped. Ah, oh, no, said Duncan. It's that smelly diesel's fault. Rusty tries to teach me how to stay on the rails and then goes off leaving me to find my own cultures. You poor engine, sympathised James. I know all about diesels. One crept into our yard and ordered us about. I soon sent him packing. Duncan was filled with admiration. He didn't know that James was boastful and sometimes didn't tell the truth. And that's, that's putting it mildly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mildly. But, Very mildly. But uh, we mentioned last uh, episode um, on how you had the parallel with Gordon and Sir Handel and then Peter, Sam and Henry, and now we have one with James and Duncan. Yes. Whilst they're not the same colour, they are both very almost arrogant, yes. think they are the pride of the line, think yes. they know how to do things the best all the time. And Vanity is yes. the word. They have a distaste for diesels. They both have a distaste for diesels. We don't know where Duncan's prejudices come from, just as we don't know where James's came from. True. And he did allude there to a character we believe it might be the original Diesel from yes, season because, two. <clears throat> uh James says that uh, Diesel once came into our yard. Uh, Ordered I, us about, which I thought was a bit interesting. Yes, and, you know, I, I soon saw took him away. And what sort of further enhances this is uh, what book is this from again? Okay, so this particular uh, story is from the book that is called The Little Old Engine. Yes, and then I'm fairly sure the book before that is Duck and the Diesel. It is indeed. Which, well done. Which there you go. further brings up the idea that because we mentioned in... Episode 12 of the Right on Track podcast at 42 minutes and 50 seconds in. Oh, steady on. <laughs> we mention, I know, like, we're over twice the amount of episodes that is now. Wow. Amazing. But <clears throat> um, we mentioned how Diesel disappeared and that kind of um, conflict is never resolved. We never actually see him go. We never see the Fat Controller tell him to leave. The fat controller just goes to duck. I sent him away at the end of a close shave in season two. Which means that there could be an actual truth behind what James is saying. And that mm. he actually was the reason that the final um the the the, the final straw. The straw that broke the camel's back. That is actually a possibility. Maybe off camera, away from railway series law, or, or, or anything. Our, mm. our hid cannon, we shall call it. Hid cannon. Um, 
uh, yeah, Diesel was shunting around the yard and he started bossing the other engines about, thinking he was superior, and then that's when the fat controller stepped in and said, all right, none of this, you're going home. Yeah, and, like, maybe... Thank you, bags. Maybe exactly. James was a leading force in him being sent home. It's possible, yes. So there is, like, very substantial evidence to this. I like well, this well, that's circumstantial theory. evidence. Circumstantial, circumstantial. Do you reckon a part of it, though, is James kind of going, oh, yes, that was all me, when it could have well been James, Henry, and Gordon all? But yes, yes. It, it could have been because James is boastful. But that's something for you guys to decide Just and want create. Journey Beyond Soto, and you'll see what kind of engine James is. <laughs> True. But. Is that a comment directed at me? Because I think it is. No, no, no. It's just because I really like Jenny Beyond Sirdor. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, you know, someone needs to be the favourite. So, uh, rock and roll. What happens is that you've got some, you know, wonderful opening shots, such as Skullowie going by a platform, you know, from, um, I think it's... It's like the first station outside of Croven's Gate. Mm. Then you have got a very simple set at the start where... Scarlowy and Rusty talk, which you never see again. Mm. This set reminds me, I, I don't know, I feel really, um, I get this weird emotional feeling whenever I watch Series 4 because there's a lot of places that remind me of the Puff and Billy Railway. And this mm. particular spot reminds me of the, um, the stretch between Cockatoo and Jembrook, if you've been there. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, the Puffing Billy Railway is actually... The Twin Railway to the Tallinn Railway, uh, which is, of course, the basis for the Skarloey Railway. Um, and Denham uh, works there as a signalman, and I've recently started to work there as an actor at Dow with Thomas. And I am not involved or affiliated with the railway in any way. Well, true, but... I visited there once, and I got this whistle as a gift. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, um, for those who don't know, like, the... Tallinn Railway has got a twin all the way over here in Australia. Hello. Hey. And uh, it's just a stone's throw away from our studio. Exactly. Like a like hour and a half train ride or something. Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's a stone's throw. We can throw stones really far, guys. Yes. We oh, use I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about calling my model railway stone's throw. Really? It's a nice name. Well, the mm. last one was Dendor. Because it's denim and soda. Yeah, yeah, that works. But but yes, this set where Rusty and Scarlet we talk, it's one of my favourite sets. And it also reminds me a lot of, I believe it is Callendale Station on the Northwestern oh, Railway. yes. That you only ever see once, and that is in Thomas and Stepney, where Percy comes up to Thomas and goes, there's Stepney coming, basically. And it's a very similar shot with both engines side by side talking to each other. Uh, and they happen to continue their conversation as they, quote-unquote, walk home all the way down to Craven's Gate, um, where then Duncan calls Rusty a smelly diesel. Don't you dare hurt Rusty. Mm. And just before that, actually, we've got this wonderful shot of Duncan coming along the railway line, and you actually see him rolling. You yes. can see his body moving back and forth and side Shifting. to side. It's interesting because you look at the rails on... Um, Rusty's, Scarlowy side. The lines that they're occupying, and if you look at the other one, you can see that there's bumps in the rails, and it looks like they've definitely planned for this specific shot. Mm. Yes, yes. And then in the shot just after them talking, when Duncan rolls up, you see him 
rolling about a bit due to this track. Maybe it was planned, maybe it was not. Uh, he calls Rusty Smelly Diesel. You get a brilliant shot of Duncan staring at Rusty, but from sort of behind Rusty, which really gets some intimidation. Mm. Uh, then Duncan go after... You know, takes a coach, meets up with And that's when he James. meets with James yep. in the clip we just played. Uh, and then in a one continuous shot, he goes around a corner. He then derails and continues sliding for a bit, mm. causing other coaches to derail. And it's a brilliant little shot. Yes. Yeah. And then we get to see scenes of the passengers and his crew trying to sort of lever him back onto the line. Only after Rusty comes to help. After Rusty comes to help, yes. yes. One of my favourite parts of this episode is when Rusty is thinking to himself, no, I don't want to help I, him. I don't want to help him. Yeah. He and called me a smelly diesel. And Scar then, is shaming him because of this. What about the passengers? I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> and then Rusty goes, I forgot about... Yeah, I'll go right away. <laughs> and there's a brilliant little detail there where you can actually hear the whirring of Rusty's motor starting. Mm. It's the faintest little detail. I love that detail. But it really... Like, I heard it. I'm like, was that the motor? Mm. And I got so excited. And also, in the clip we were playing before, we had another shot of an engine just sliding by. In this case, Percy. Yeah. Heard Percy's whistle and heard them chuffing past. There's a shot with um, Scarlowy and Rusty at the sheds, and if you look very carefully in this shot, you can see Class 40 in the background. You can mm. see Class 40, uh, Diesel, which we're not introduced to until much, much later in the series. Do you reckon he's just arrived on Sodor? I reckon so. Either yeah. he's just arrived on Sodor or this has taken place at the same time. Or maybe he's just had his accident and he's had to go to the works. That hasn't happened yet because but, but Rusty could... needs to go over to save that engine and he uh, needs to come back to Sodor. Ah, uh, true. There is a lot of weird details going mm. on here. Oh, this is great. I'm chuffed. Chuffed Train to Train pun. <laughs> Woo! Let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, uh, then you've got, as you mentioned, Paro, brilliant shots of Duncan being lifted back on the rails. Then he continues on his ride home. We see Falcons fall again once more, or the scene where Bulldog took place. But yes. I Falcons fall. Because... Going past the cottage there with yes. the big sheer cliff yeah. face. Yes. It's in a wonderful sort of nighttime kind of, not nighttime, but evening, you know, early evening shot. And, like, I... I'm still using Falcons Fall. I I want that to become a thing. Stick to it, man. Yeah, Falcons Fall. The real life counterpart is Linda's Leap. So this is Falcons Fall. Mm. Hands up. Hashtag. Um, and then you do have people still do that. Yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, okay, Twitter. But then at the very end of the episode, you have a very wholesome ending. Which is Duncan and Rusty reconciling their differences and agreeing to become pals. Yeah, and Duncan actually saying. Let's be friends. Mm. And and it's brilliant because um, throughout the entire time that we've heard mention of Duncan, it's he doesn't like Rusty. Mm. And now we actually get to see them have this sort of, you know, clash. But then Duncan goes, you know, you're all right. You helped me out even when you really, like, didn't need to. Mm. So thanks. And it's a brilliant end. Yeah. You've got nice evening shots, you've got long shadows, and that brings it to the close of the episode. You see this lovely little location that's kind of... 
It's behind... Behind the coach shed? Yes, it's behind the coach shed. Uh, it is more so behind the little wooden shed to the side it's of the... in the very back corner of the soundstage, basically. Very, yeah. very back corner. You can see the standard gauge railway sort of curving away yep. from it. And if you no, have a look... No, that's narrow gauge. Is it? Yeah, it looks like it. Because that's the line that's coming out of Scar Lowy's shed. Oh. And then you've got that gap where the um, coach shed and the other shed would be. Mm. Yes, but yes. if you do actually happen to see a wide shot uh, later on in Thomas and Friends, particularly one with all the engines gathered around the shed, then you will be actually be able to see this very um, location. In far the, off in the in background. The far, far corner. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. And um, a few little details, actually one detail about this, uh, once again about Duncan's rock and roll. Because mm. before he was too tall for the tunnels... This time's actually about his rockin' and a rollin'. Yes. Mm. Um, which is his real-life counterpart, the Talon Railway's number six, Douglas, um, has got a short wheelbase, much like Duncan. Mm. And for some reason, Duncan never received training wheels uh, or trailing wheels, basically. So Scar Lowy has them. I think Peter Sam has them. Sir Handel has them. But Duncan does not have no. them. No, not in the budget. Mm. For either the show or the Talon Railway. Yeah, it would appear so. <laughs> and because of that, he, you know, keeps rocking and rolling. But apparently he stops being so rough now, mm. even though he really can't control it. Mm. So I like to think canon-wise that Duncan just more so is a little more lenient on the, you know, applying the brake and goes a little bit slower around certain turns. Mm. You know, just making it a little bit easier. Yes. And, and that's it. Yeah. That That's it, yeah. really. That That's all we have. Shall we go on to rankings, ratings? They're all we can just end the episode, one of the two. No, 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 no. We've got, so, we yeah. got to give the scores. All right. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun. Uh, ooh, uh, seven. seven. Hey. Nine. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so two sevens and a nine from Denim. Yeah, yeah. why I, a nine? I, I really like this episode. I love you Duncan. You like Duncan, yeah. I love Rusty. Yeah, I love Rusty. Mm. Just, there's a lot of really nice details. But, in this but again, it's sort of like we're getting that story repeated as prejudice between one engine and another engine, and it's up to the other exactly. engine to say today. It's something we've seen it, a lot of but already. It's done well. Except what is done differently here is we have the entire diesel versus steam debate, such as duck and diesel, in one episode where this time the steam engine is the antagonist, not the diesel. And then in the end, they're still friends. Hmm. They yeah. make up. They, you know. They make up? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. They yes. make up. <laughs> yes. Not in, not the opposite of in. They okay. make up. They like a, They look like Daisy in the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they shake buffers. Yeah. Yes. And it is a wonderful, wholesome little ending. Instead of, yeah, Diesel's gone by. Dun, 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 dun. So, I, I think kind of just fell off his chair. No, I nearly did. <laughs> Almost. We saved him. Yes. Yay. <clears throat> yes. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, okay. two sevens and a nine for Rock and Roll, the 10th episode of Series 4, released 27th October 1995. And um, next uh, episode, what are we going to be reviewing? Well, in the next episode of Right on Track, which will be episode number 28, yes. we will be looking at Special Funnel, Steamroller, Passengers and Polish, and Gallant Old Engine, which are all from the book of the same name. 
or book of the what same name? Uh, Gallant Old Engine. Okay, there Gallant Old Engine, that one. Yes, but anyhow, thank you very much for listening to what today is episode twenty seven yes. of the Right on Track podcast. Yes. Uh, which means I haven't done the math yet. I'm going to most likely do it after this recording. <laughs> but you are able to sit down for over 24 hours and listen to Right on Track. Yes, you are. Wow. You could spend an entire day listening to our podcast. If you really wanted to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please do. <laughs> um, but yes, if you want, you can reach out to our various social media, such as Twitter, at OnTrackThomas. At Instagram at TTTE underscore right on track. Facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. The website uh, sin or syn.org.au. Or email us at right on track Thomas at gmail.com. And of course, we are on all of your favourite streaming services. And, and some of your least favourite as well. <laughs> yes, chances all are, of them. <laughs> chances are you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Omni.fm, or Google Podcasts. One of those. Yeah or any other podcast streaming service. We're on tons. Yes, we are. But yes, uh, please let us know your thoughts. Uh, Are our reviews correct? Mm. Do you like our rankings? Are we incorrect? Do you like our theories? Yes. Uh, Tell us your own theories and... Tell us what your thoughts are on the episode release of season four. That definitely seems to be the biggest uh, controversy with it so far. Mm. But meanwhile, I'm still Connor. I'm still Parry. And I'm still Denim. This has been the Right on Track podcast. Adios. Sampai jumpa.